0: just about that fast, 2018 will be over, and we will be saying, welcome to 2019. Does anybody feel like this year has flown by? Anyone? Just as really fast? Amen. You know, I have found, and there's actually science and logic behind it. I found that, for me, Every year seems like it goes faster and it's actually, it's actually provable or science, you can Google it, about why it is that as you age, as you get older, and I'm not as old as I'm going to be, but I'm older than I used to be, and, um, and it seems like, you know, everything is going faster, time is flying by, there's, there's actually logic and reason behind that, but, but I, have, I have a couple of goals this morning and you might think, well, Pastor Brown's going to talk about one, one thing, but he's going to tell me more than one thing over the course of four weeks and so so here there's going to be several one things probably that I'm going to talk to you about but here's what I want you to think about this is this is a, a message series really this is one message that we're dividing I'm dividing into four parts to really there's just a lot to this as we talk about priorities talk about one but but as we begin I want to ask you a question this morning. How many of you want to have an awesome, great, stupendous, oh, just beautiful 2018? How many of you want to have? Amen. Wow, you guys are alive this morning. You know, I, I appreciate that. That's fun. That's, you're the most lively congregation I've had all year. And so this is awesome. And uh, I appreciate it. So, so you want, you, you people want a, a great 2018, right? Amen. Amen. All right. Here's the next question what does that look like? What does having a great 2018 look like? If if 2018 is gonna be better than 2017, what does that look like to me? What does that look like for me? What does it look like for my family, for my career, for my life? What does that look like? Because if you don't know what that looks like, if you haven't considered what that looks like, I can pretty much guarantee you that 2018 is not going to be better than 2017 because there's no, there's not a goal there. There's, there's not a, there's nothing there. You're just kind of hoping things are different. And I kind of think, not hundred percent sure, but I kind of think that when we talk about a better 2018, there's two words that perhaps would you could sort of take everything and boil it down into two words, more or less. You're either wanting more of something or less of something else. Chances are there's some of you that are in here, like myself, that want less weight. And you're trying to figure out how I can eat more. And the problem was you had more, but you want less. Some of you want less debt, meaning I need more money. Some of you want more peace. Meaning I need less stress in my life. Some of you want more time, more vacation, more this, more that. Others of you want less this, less drama, less whatever. You know, if you want less drama, get off of Facebook. Right there you go. So anyway, sorry about that. That was not in my notes. That was just bad pastor right there. So so you want a better 2018. Yes, amen, that's right. I want 2000. But if you don't know what that looks like, if you're not aware of, of what it will take, and actually if you don't know what... A better 2018 looks like, you don't know the steps to take. You really don't. You, you won't know the, the steps to take. And so in this series that we're calling one, uh, really about priorities, how do I prioritize my life? How do I prioritize all of the things that I have that I'm responsible for? How, how do I do that? And And I'm going to share some scripture with you this morning that is is very common and we'll talk about some themes we'll circle back to one particular theme several times in this series but but in fact let's just take the scripture most of you many of you have this maybe have heard this I'm sorry maybe you have had it on a t-shirt keychain magnet something and, and and it's a great scripture it's in the bible it's one of those scriptures though that I feel like is so common we we hear it so often that because we've heard it so much we just assume we do it and it, and, and it starts with a word, a Bible word, a Christian word, a, a church word that we hear so often that we think we have it. And many times we really, really don't. And so I'm going to let you in on something this morning. I'm going to challenge you just a little bit or a lot a bit. Because after all, this is your first Sunday of 2018. We're going to make it rock. Amen? Amen. So here we go. Proverbs chapter three and verse five says, trust in the Lord. How many of you have ever heard that in a church context before? In a life, never, yeah, exactly. We've heard it so much, we, we think we know what that means, don't we? we? We think we know what it means to trust in the Lord. And as I said, this is a theme that we're going to come back to several times. We're going to talk about it a little bit. And and I have my personal definition of what I think it means to trust in the Lord. But I didn't give you the whole verse because I don't want you to run through it. I don't want you to rush through it. I want you to pause a little bit. I want you to consider it a little bit. I want you to savor it just a little bit. Because it's so important and so vital to our life and so important to the, the one idea, the one message, the prioritizing of our life. And so he says, Solomon says, trust in what trust in the Lord, but he doesn't stop there. And, and I know I've heard people say, Well, you know, I'm just trusting the Lord, I'm just trusting the Lord. Well, I what that's, and I don't know why. Whenever I say that, it's got to have a southern accent to it. Just trust in the Lord, you know, just just trust in the big guy upstairs, Yahshua. Sure, you bet you there, uh, yeah, just trust in the Lord. There, Jesus, He blessed us good. There, that's for the, the Scandahovians and the Norwegians. So, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, and we hear that a lot, and we think we do it a lot, but I want to challenge that because he says, trust in the Lord, notice what he says, trust in the Lord with, trust in the Lord with all, everybody say all, All. with all your heart, now he's not talking about the blood pump in your chest. He's talking about every fiber of your being deep down at the core, the center, the essence of who you are. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not with half your heart, not with a quarter of your heart, not with a little bit of your heart, not with your Sunday heart, not with your church heart, your religious heart, your Christian heart. With your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What does that look like? What does that mean to trust in the Lord with every fiber, with, with my, the core of my being? What does that look like? Tr- here's what it looks like. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The next phrase, and lean not. Everybody say lean not. lean not. Don't lean on your own understanding. Now, what does it look like to trust in the Lord? We hear it in church all the time. We hear it as Christians all the time. We, we, we encourage one another, just keep trusting the Lord. What does that mean? What does it look like? I think it means and looks like the next phrase that Solomon told us and lean not to your own understanding. To trust in the Lord means I'm not going to lean on what I think about it. And I hear this a lot. This is what people say, "Well, you know, I just think." And sometimes I just really want to say, "I could, I don't care what you just think." I really do. Now, now, sometimes I care, I value opinion, I value their influence, I value that, but sometimes I just don't want to hear it. Well, you know, I just think, and particularly when people are talking about God and and, and his word, or when they're just talking about, in general, well, I just think, I know that the Bible says this, or God says this, but this is what I think, you've just elevated yourself to God. You just put yourself in front of God. Mm -hmm. And that's generally not that great of a spot to be in, I just... Kind of help you out here. (laughs) You don't ever want to think you're better or smarter, bigger than God. And so he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, every fiber of your being. Lean not to your own understanding. The word lean not, it's it's very, don't prop yourself up against what, or upon what you think. Don't, don't use what you think to, to prop yourself up on. Because what you think, how many of you know, you've been here before. Sometimes what you think isn't right. And that stuff you're propping yourself up on gets kicked out from under you and boom, you're down on the ground. Been there before, amen? If you can't say amen, say oh me. (laughs) Because we've all been there. So he says, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't prop yourself up by what you think. Don't lean on your own understanding. And, 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 And so when he says this, and if there's anybody... If there's anybody who could lean on their own understanding, who could prop themselves up on what they thought about it, it would have been Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man that lived. He had wisdom and he had knowledge, he had great understanding. And here is the one who is telling you and he's telling me and he's giving us a key of his life. He says, in all my ways, verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, that's, that's like with all your heart. Not with your Sunday heart, not with your, a little bit of your heart, but with every part of and in all, of your, in all your ways. That's not just your Christian ways, not just your church ways, not just your spiritual ways. This is your life ways, your marriage ways, your relationship ways, your habit ways, your, your hobby ways, your, your career ways. Every single one in all your ways, in every one of your ways, with all your heart, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Well, why? Why? (laughs) But notice the promise here. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Why? See, if I do these things, he's giving me a promise. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. (sighs) This is a promise from God. This is a statement by God. And he is telling us, and he is saying to us that if we will do certain things, he will get involved in our life. If we'll do certain things, respond in certain ways, he will get involved in our life and he will lead our paths, he'll direct our ways, he'll direct our steps. And so... I think this, here's, to me, here's what it means to trust in the Lord with all your hearts, with all your heart. To trust in the Lord with all your heart means this. It means to believe that God is smarter than you are. Amen. It means to believe that God's smarter than you are. Now, I know that we're in church and I know that we're mostly Christian people here. Maybe have some people that aren't necessarily followers of Christ. I'd love that, thank God for that. But if you're a follower of Christ... This is kind of easy for us to say, God, you're smarter than I am. It really, really, how many of you believe God's smarter than you? How many, well, let me ask this question. How many of you believe God's smarter than the person next to you? I figured that would get actually more hands. So there we go. Because some of you won't raise your hand for anything. How many of you would never raise my, your hand for anything I ask you to? You know, all right, there we go. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. To trust in the Lord means to acknowledge God's smarter than you. God's smarter than you. Now, I know that you think you believe that. I know you think you know that. I know you think you understand that. But I'm pretty sure, and I'll use me as an example. I I looked for an example, and, and I happened to be looking in the mirror, and I found my example. There are times in my life that I act like I'm smarter than God. And there've been other times in my life that I know I acted like I was smarter than God. And the the, the moment I, and and it became an epiphany to me, it became a realization to me when I was flat on my back and it was like, all right, God, I've made such a mess out of it. I'm gonna have to turn everything over to you because I'm not as smart as I thought that I was. Some of you have been in that same situation. The Living Bible says it like this, in everything that you do, in all your ways acknowledge you. in in everything that you do put god first now whew, i think that might <laughs> that might be one of those things that sounds really good in church but but is tough to live out in everything that you do in everything, your Monday ways, your Tuesday ways, your hobby ways, your habit ways, your life ways, your marriage ways, your, your child-raising ways, your, and everything that you do in all your ways, put God first, and it says, put God first, the next part of that verse is, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. Now, I know that sometimes success can look different to you than it does to God, and I know that success can look different for every person. But this is telling us something. And so, so reason with me from, from the 30,000-foot view. From I believe this with all of my heart, and I hope you do too. And I hope that this will bring some encouragement to you if you're here today. And, and, and I asked the question earlier, how many of you want to have an awesome, great 2018? And most of you are say yes, amen. But I would venture to guess that some of you are here today, and, and you've heard talk like that. And you've heard that stuff before. And perhaps, you know, two, three, four, five, ten years ago, you were like, yes, I want to have a better year and, and and that year wasn't better, and then the next year wasn't better, and the next year wasn't better. And you got to a point, it's like, you know what? I don't think any year is gonna be better. In fact, I think this is about as good as it's gonna get. And maybe you, you hear all of that and you say, Yeah, all right, I tried that before, It ain't gonna happen. And I hope that, that what you hear today perhaps sparks a, a, a bit of hope and encouragement to you this morning, because I think that God has a plan for each one of our lives, and I think that his plan is, is a good plan, it's a great plan, and he's got some things in store for us. But notice what he says, he will direct you. He, this is God saying, I want to get personally involved in your life. I want a relationship with you. I want to get so involved in your life that I can crown your life with success, that people can look at your life and say, man, they're doing something right, and, and they'll connect the dots back, and they'll give God the glory for it. So to trust in the Lord, this is really what it means to me. To trust in the Lord means to believe that God is smarter than you are in everything, not just church things, not just a few things, in everything. There is not one area of your life that God's not smarter than you in. And, and, and I don't know why it is, but there, are, there there's so often times in our life that we think, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty smart in this area, or, or I've got some experience in this area, and we never think to consider God. We never think to acknowledge God. We never think to involve God in that aspect of our life because maybe we think God doesn't care about that aspect of our life. Maybe we think God doesn't have a plan for that part of our life. Or maybe we just think, kind of like prayer. Most people don't pray because they don't have a problem. I'm serious. Most people don't spend much time in prayer because as far as they are concerned, they have everything they need. And if that's you, you've totally missed the point of what prayer is. Because most people think that I pray when I have a problem. I pray when I don't have something in my life that I need to have. And that's not what prayer is. It's a relationship. It's fellowship. It's, it's talking. It's communing. It's, it's not just you blurting out what you need God to do and viewing him like some you know, slot machine in heaven. If you can get the numbers right, then God's going to do something for you spent so much time talking to God he can't get a word in edgewise and he wants to lead you amen so God's smarter than you are in everything and if we can settle that if we can settle that one thing we're going to get we're going to be steps ahead I want to show you how intentional God is with your life in psalm one hundred and thirty nine it says this, Pastor Tommy preached last week, he talked about, you know, living the dream, having a dream for your life, having a vision, and did a great job. Thank you, Pastor Tommy, and, 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 and I want to encourage you in that. You, you do need to have a dream, but here's the thing. I, heard a, I have a pastor friend who said this one time. He said, the difference between a dream for your life and a nightmare for your life is generally the source of the dream. And there are things that we have dreamed up, that we have seen, or that we have thought that we have pursued. And when we pursued that, it became a nightmare in our life. And that wasn't because of God, that was because of us. But as we follow God's steps and follow God's path, and there, there will be bumps, there will be moments, there will be things, there will be seasons. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks. There, there will be things that will happen that, that that aren't on your radar that you never thought would happen that you're wondering how does this fit and I'll be honest with you, there are times I don't know how it fits. We live in a fallen world and at times just <laughs> stuff happens. So the intentionality of your life in Psalm 139 it says this, you created my inmost being. That's, that's in your spirit. God has, God has man he's, He's been aware of and he's he's done something in you. This isn't just your flesh. You created my inmost being. That's your spirit. And, and he says, and I love this phrase, you knit me together in my mother's womb. How many of you, how many of you are, I don't even know if this is the right word, knitters? How many of you like to knit or crochet or or whatever? My mom was a crocheter. She crocheted me a vest, she, she crocheted me a tie. Thanks, mom. Oh, stupidest thing ever. Anyway, all right. <laughs> But, but, but here's, I don't know anything about knitting. I, I remember knit one, purl two, which I have no idea what that is. But anyway, I, my mom knitted. But, but it was amazing to me. And, and this is, I love this phrase. When the psalmist said, that, you knit me together in my mother's womb. My idea of knitting is probably really wrong. I didn't Google this before, so forgive me. And so, but, but knitting is taking a ball of yarn. And you got this big ball of yarn, and it's just, you know, yarn. It's just a ball. It's just there. And, 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 and yet, if you're going to make something from that ball of yarn, you gotta have a plan, don't you? You need to know my mother in law knitted me slippers, and I love those slippers. I warm out they were just nice and warm, they were a little bit slippery that 's probably why they 're called slippers but but um I literally fell down and uh, but but anyway, she knitted me she knitted me slippers, and people knit awesome things, you know and it 's incredible sometimes but there's work involved in it. There's intentionality involved in that. You take a ball of yarn, and then you need to decide, what is this ball of yarn going to become? And then you go to work to make it that. And and, and in a sense, that's the picture that I get of God. The psalm saying, you knit me together. You had a plan. I was just a in a sense, a ball of yarn, a ball of cells and blood and goo and stuff, but you had a plan for my life and and you knit me together and you created me and you formed me. And and that's what he's saying. I praise you then. I, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And then he says, I know that full well. And my question this morning is how well do you know that? How well do you know that God intentionally formed you? How well do you know that God has a plan for your life? How well aware are you uh, that God was knitting and working and fashioning and forming you together? I have four older brothers. I am the fifth of five boys. We blessed my mom so much. But there's a large gap between me and my next oldest brother. I mean, like, about seven years and I'm pretty sure, although I never, ha- I never asked my parents and I never thought about it and, and, and never really discussed it with them, but I'm pretty sure, not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that my mom and dad didn't just one day after six years of, you know, no kids or no babies just say, you know what we need in this house is another baby, I'm pretty sure they didn't have that discussion. In fact, I'm pretty sure the discussion was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm pregnant. And it's like, how did you get pregnant? Well, you know, I mean, and so anyway, you were there kind of thing. So so I'm pretty sure that I wasn't planned. I'm pretty sure that I was the oops, baby. I'm pretty sure I was the mistake. I, I, I was at the very end. And, 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 and some of you might think that same thing. Some of you might have even been told that. And some of you might have gone through your life thinking that, you really weren't intended, and, and that you were a mistake. But can I tell you this morning that in the eyes of God, you're not a mistake. In the eyes of God, he had a plan for your life. And there's a reason that you exist. And while you were in your mother's womb, there was God working in you and knitting you together. And you need to know that God has a plan for your life and you need to know it well. And if you know that, you need to get to know the one who created you and the one who planned you and the one who knit you together so that you can find out. And listen, I think this is so remarkable. and just, It just makes me, I'm just amazed. Verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. All of, let me, oh man, I like this. All the days were ordained for me. All the days that were ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Use your imagination, church. I think this is what this is saying. God's got a library. And in that library are a bunch of books. Now, this is, again, this is, you know, a couple thousand years ago that this was written. We, you know, we would have thumb drives, flash drives. We'd have the cloud. We'd have something, I mean, in the 21st century vernacular. But God's got a library. And in that library are a bunch of books somewhere in that library, there's a book with your name on it. That's what I think the Bible's telling us right here. God's got a book. And all your days were written down before you ever lived any single one of them. That's how intentional you are. That's how well thought out God is. That's how well organized and planned that God is. And if you could find the book of your life, you could open it up and you could turn to 2018 and guess what? There's a plan for your life. There are steps that are ordained for you to take this year. Woo! Now how many of you would like to have a look at the book? Anyone? Some of you this morning, you might be flipping backwards and say, wait a minute, God. I got some bones to pick with you about 2007, because there was some stuff that didn't work out. Let me take a look at that book. Why did you do that? And it may not be that God did it. It might be that we veered off the path. And so God's got a plan for your life, and I want you to be—I want you to know that. If there's one thing I want you to know, God's got a plan for your life. But here's the thing: just because He has a plan for your life doesn't mean that that plan just automatically comes to pass. You've got to be willing. You've got to believe that God is smarter than you are in everything. And there are times in our life that we think we're smarter, and so we go our own way. There are times in our life that we don't even know, that we don't even know that God might have a better way. We're not even aware of it. The Bible talks about the, the ignorance of fools will slay them. People get destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. So in Ephesians 2.10, it tells us this. Paul the apostle was writing. He said, we are God's masterpiece. You need to see yourself as a masterpiece created by God. Now, I don't care what your life says. I don't care what anybody else says. You need to believe God's smarter than you are and you need to believe that God is smarter than the influences in your life or the people in your life or the authority of your life that has been telling you that you don't measure up, that you're not good enough. You've been looking at life. You've been looking at stuff, and you don't feel like you measure up. You are God's workmanship. You're God's masterpiece. You are his poem. You are his song. You are something that he has created. Do not let this life or this world lie to you and pull you off course because it's not true, you are God's masterpiece. He has created us, notice this, anew in Christ. That's the game changer right there. He's created you, he's made you brand new in Christ. Now, in who you are, I wanna say in who you used to be, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Who you used to be, dead, gone, buried. No influence anymore. See ya. Don't need to be you anymore. Not ruled by who I used to be. I'm ruled by who God says I am. And who I am, according to what God says, is always greater and more powerful than who I think I am, who somebody else says I am. Who? Uh, it's greater. It's more powerful. So again he says he's created us anew in Christ a new in you need to find out who you are in Christ you need to know all about that cuz who you are today is not who you used to be that person is dead buried and gone And that's why God wants to change us by the Holy Spirit. He's put his life in us, but he he wants to bring change on the outside of us so that we can then, the the next step, so we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. We don't make Jesus the Lord of our life. We don't get born again, and then we just sit around and wait for Jesus. We don't get saved and born again so that we can, you know, just stay the same. Wait to die and go to heaven. God's got a book, and in the book, he's got a plan for your life. He's ordained things for you to do. And when we seek Him out and acknowledge Him in all our ways, He directs our steps and our paths. So, (laughs) a couple of things that I need to make sure I I, I say. I think this. In fact, I know this, that God is interested in the direction of your life. He really, really, really is. You are not left here just to sort of fend for yourself. God's interested in the direction of your life because He's got a vision. He's got a plan for your life and part of that is because he's got some things that he wants you to he has for you that he wants to bring you into but but he's also interested in your life because there's some things he wants to keep you from if you're a young person here this morning and we're all young amen amen just not as young as we used to be but particularly for you that are younger here this morning this is so important and for you that are on the other end of, of life, maybe you're approaching retirement, are retired, there's a tendency for, for, for those on that end of the spectrum to think, well, you know, my day's done. Just gonna kinda, you know, live out my days and enjoy that. I think God's book keeps us engaged all the way until our very last day. Amen? 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 And at the beginning, at the, at the start, if there's some things that we could build into our life, prioritize our life around at the beginning, how much better our life would be over the long haul. So there are things that God wants to bring you into, but there's also things that God wants to keep you from that are designed to destroy you, get you off course, get you off target, get you off of his plan. And God wants to keep you from those things. And we live in a culture, we live in a world, we live in a, in a society that has, sounds like, and just expectations, this is how you live your life, this is how you parent, this is how you should do relationship, this is how you should do all of those things. But there are many things in our culture that are just counterintuitive and wrong to the way that God says to do it. And so I wanna show you an illustration and, and it's, I, I, I used this illustration several years ago and it was sticky for some people and some of you, the moment I do it, you're gonna, you, you say, oh, I remember that. Some of you were actually here when we did it and you're gonna be like "Today's like, man, it's the first time I've ever seen that. I must have missed that Sunday even though you were probably there. And on and, and others of you, this is hopefully something that will stick because, because if I could encourage you in just one thing this morning, if I could just encourage you in, in, in one thing it would be to start with God, make him first. And so I have a, a thing here. Whoa, it's looking right at me. And so anyway, how many of you have ever buttoned a shirt before? Okay. Actually, less people than I would think. But anyway, <laughs> if you've ever buttoned a shirt before, and all of you have probably done this a time or two, has anybody ever buttoned the shirt wrong? Is that not irritating? I mean, you're in a hurry. Your spouse is like, come on, let's go. Hurry up, hurry up, let's go, let's go. And you're like, you know, and, and obviously you get to the bottom and you've got an, how many of you ever ended up with an extra button? It's like, What the heck? And then you look in the mirror, you look, and it's like, oh, no. Actually, now, you know, or I should say now, but, I, you know, shirts that they now have an extra, they have, like, in case you lose a button or whatever, there's, and they've been, it's fooled me more than once. It's like, oh, no, oh, wait a minute, oh, I, what the heck, it is right, you know, kind of a thing. And, 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 and actually, I've bypassed the whole process now. I just, like, a button, two buttons, pull a shirt off, put it back on the hanger, put it back on, only got a button, like, one or two, and it's all good, and uh and so, and it's time management is what that is. And so, um, but but if you've ever unbuttoned, if you ever buttoned a shirt wrong, you started with the wrong button. How many of you, if you get the first button wrong, what's, what What happens to the second button? It's wrong. And when you get to the third button, what's, what about that button? It's wrong, isn't it? And you get to the fourth one, and and then the fifth one, the sixth one, seventh one, and you get to the very bottom, and then you realize that all of your buttons are Exactly. They're all wrong. And so then what do you have to do? You've got to reverse the wrong. You've got to, you've gotta you gotta go work back way up and then you start over. And how many of you know that when you get that first button right, then the second button is and the third one, fourth one, you get the picture. Pastor Brian, this is so deep. If I could encourage you in one thing today, if I could if I could ask you to create one priority of your life, start with God. Put God first. Because if you put God first, and that's right, to put God first, the second one is, is going to be third one. Now, imagine for just a moment that this is your life. This is kind of why some of you young people, imagine that this is, this is the journey, the path of your life, and, and each one of these buttons is five or ten years. And so if you spent the first five years of your adult, adult life on the wrong path financially on the wrong path relationally, on, a long, on the wrong path in your career or, or any area of your life. If you, you, Why spend five or 10 or 15 years going the wrong direction? Now, now some don't know that there's, there's a God that's interested and concerned about their life. I get that, but that's not you today. That's not you today. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Because really, we started with this theme, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. And really, it comes down to the question of God, do I trust you? God, do I trust that your way, your path, better than mine? Jesus said it like this, don't worry at all about having enough food And clothing now that's a that was a first century problem for most of us today we have enough food and we have enough clothing if anything uh, there's a lot of new year's resolutions i'm gonna lose weight we have too much food we need storage sheds we've got closets and boxes and stuff we've got too much stuff don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing why be like the heathen that's people who don't have a relationship with god Why be like the heathen? They take pride in all of these things and they're deeply concerned about them. In other words, Jesus was saying, don't be worried about the things you're deeply concerned about. There are things that concern you and concern you deeply. Don't worry about them. He says, your heavenly father already knows perfectly well that you need them. And, everybody say and. And he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. Now, your father knows that you have need of some things. Your father knows that there are things that deeply concern you. Your father knows that some of you are deeply concerned about bills that you have to pay. Your heavenly father knows that you are deeply concerned about Providing for your children or making sure that they have a good education, helping them or, or pay their way to college. Your father knows that you need a relationship, that you need friends. Your father knows that you need these things. Do you believe that, though? Do you believe? Do you really believe that God knows those things? And and it's one thing to know that, but he tied the heavenly father knowing these things to our response to him. Our response to him. What did he say? Your father knows perfectly well that you need these things and he will give them to you if, if you do. If you give him first place in your life. What does that look like? First place in his life looks like, I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. My hobby ways, my life ways, my financial ways, my relationship ways. I'm gonna involve you in every part of my life. I'm gonna seek out your counsel. I'm gonna submit my way to your way. He says, if you'll do that, you'll find God providing for you in ways that you would never have known before. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and to close your eyes this morning. And I want you to consider something because to trust in the Lord means to believe that God is smarter than you are in everything. And our tendency is to trust the Lord with eternal things, with God things. But a lot of those things are things that we don't really have any control over. And I don't think that this, in fact, I know that this is not trusting him in things that we don't have any choice about or that we don't have any control over. The challenge is to trust him in the things that we do have control over. The challenge is to trust him in the things that we think that we know about, the things that we think we have experience about. The challenge is to trust him there. And I wanna ask you this question this morning, have you ever really ever considered in letting God control the areas that you have control of? I want you to wrestle with that this week hallelujah thank you lord as you're praying this morning if you're here this morning and you've never if you've never asked jesus to come into your life you've never invited him in that leadership role in in, in your life and and the apostle paul said it like this he said that if we believe in our heart that god raised jesus from the dead and confess with our mouth that he is lord then we will be saved Jesus said you need to be born again and that's we were talking about that earlier that being born or made anew in Christ and that's that's really what that means and it's a a proposition of faith it's a transaction of faith so if you're here this morning you've never surrendered you've never given your life to Christ and you want to start anew and fresh with Jesus I want to lead you in a very simple prayer a very simple prayer that you're placing your trust in Christ and trusting him with your life. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I wanna be born again. I wanna make Jesus the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you just hold your hand up real high this morning? Just hold your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Just, just, please, nobody looking around. Just hold your, yes, sir, thank you. Anyone else this morning? Don't be afraid of this moment. Anyone else? Just hold your hand up real high. Yes, sir, thank you. Anyone else? Yes, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. All right, you can put your hands down. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I give you my life. I believe today you have a plan for my life. I surrender this life and my eternity to you. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again. I believe you're alive. And I declare today, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for these that have raised their hand. I thank you, Father, that you have begun something brand new and that they've taken the very first step, but it's one step of many. And Father, we believe that, that as we can, as a church partner together with them, that they will continue to, to not just take one step, but they'll take step after step after step in their followership of you and that you will bring their life to a successful point and that, Father, you will continually bless them. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen, amen.